Welcome to Dr. Three, a Hearthstone podcast dedicated to giving you explosive growth in climbing the standard ranked ladder. I'm your host, Katrina, and along with me are my fellow hosts, card game queen herself, Dragon Rider, and unfortunately, Smarms is out very, very last minute. She had something come up and she was not available this evening, but we do have a special guest, uh, and I already forgot how to pronounce the name. I kept repeating it in my head. Magesa? Magesa. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there it. it goes. Woo! Yes. It, it's just so, it does not come out how I expect it to. And my brain has problems with that, with the ADHD and the dyslexia. And yeah, the, it, I'm, my brain's all over the place, especially over the past couple of days. So. I apologize, Magesa. So we have Magesa here from Coin Concede. So uh, Dragon Rider was going to do a little bit of an intro to her, and we're going to talk to her a little bit for those of you who may not know who she is. Yes, yes. So first, thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Um, so yes, as uh, as Kat mentioned, you are... Uh, one of the hosts of Coin Concede, but if there is people who maybe somehow listen to our show and don't listen to Coin Concede, uh, first of all, please go also follow Coin Concede and listen to them if you aren't already. <laughs> but go ahead and you know, can you just like give us a little bit of background about who you are, kind of um, you know how long you've been playing Hearthstone and how long you've been doing uh, content, kind of been getting into this side of things. Yeah, so I started playing Hearthstone in 2015, but I didn't play in a very serious way uh, for quite a long time. I hung around like gold, <laughs> made the worst. I, I found the homebrew decks later so bad. I had so much fun with them, mostly priest monstrosities of either combo with inner fire or... Uh, control priests but not refined control priests to be clear like I couldn't I did the thing when you're deck building where you're like I can't decide whether I should put this card or that card so I would just put one of each you know which uh, <laughs> is almost never correct but I didn't really care uh, and had a good time it was a great thing to play like while I was in college and then there was a point where I was playing a little too much I took a break from the game uh, for a couple of years this was around like Witchwood came back during the pandemic because everyone was at home needing something to do. And I remembered how much I loved this game and they gave me a deck. They gave me a uh, Galakron priest with no win condition, except for just endless stuff. And I loved it. I had so much fun. I discovered then things like aggro DH. I didn't know that aggro DH was like nerfed into a shadow of its former self from ashes so i was like this is fun this seems pretty good and then i found out what it used to be and i'm like what these cards cost what <laughs> so I, I had a good time with that and then i got into uh, i discovered more of the online community um some of you know saw more of the data of of decks as well as um podcasts such as coin concede uh, which i listened to for at least like well over a year um, before I became a, a co-host on it. So when um, 
they were looking for a new host because uh, Ridiculous Hat got hired by Blizzard. <laughs> I was not, I had been thinking like, oh, it would be really cool to get into content creation because by this point I had gotten really serious about the game. I had learned a lot from all of these things and um, was regularly hitting Legend and managed to peak in my ending rank peak was at 270 with Undead Priest um, right before this year's rotation uh, and, and in March, which was really exciting. And I, 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 will, I haven't maintained that rank, <laughs> to be clear, but I proved myself that I could and I've you know, got much more into the details of the meta and how to play the game and becoming aggressive in my play and efficient and killing people. Uh, I actually learned a lot from United in, in Stormwind, I have to say, even though I know it's, it's a polarizing, we'll just say it's a polarizing expansion. Um, but then I was really excited to join Coin Can See when they asked me. Um, I said yes right away. I had been a big fixture in the Discord community there for quite a while. And um, I, it was a little overwhelming. <laughs> At first, getting from zero to 60 in content creation. I do have a background as a teacher, so that helped with podcasting, but obviously not quite the same thing. And then recently, I finally got my streaming set up, so I was able to do uh, not only streaming and theory crafting with Wicked Good, uh, who's one of the other co-hosts, if you don't know, and also did a little bit of solo streaming as well and i'm hoping to continue that probably on tuesdays uh, i'll plug all my socials at the end but uh, that was new and fun and of course there was technical difficulties and trying to you know making misplays on camera because i'm distracted by the twitch chat and uh, i'm sure that's familiar <laughs> dragon riders <laughs> going oh god yes yeah yeah <laughs> my motto when I when I do that kind of thing now has just become I make the misplays so that you all don't have to like you all watch me make the misplays so that hopefully you learn what not to do. <laughs> yes, yeah. I try to remember, you know, just like I would tell my students, if you recognize the mistake, that's actually a sign of progress. You know, it's actually better than I have no idea why I lost this game. When I'm sitting there going, I have no idea why I'm losing in a row. It probably means I just need to stop. <laughs> if I don't know, well, it's because my Sif was in the bottom of my deck and I was counting on her or, well, because I should have done this on turn two and turn three, or I think about it and like, I think I, if I'm just like, I have no idea, ah, then um, I've learned I probably need to, the, the better my play has gotten in some ways, the less stamina I've gotten, where in order to keep at that rank, I have to really titrate. Uh, how much I'm playing, but I, I really, and, you know, then I just go and obsess over the meta on, on social media instead <laughs> or watch streamers yeah, and listen to podcasts. Exactly. That, that's the best way to do it really is like, okay, my brain is tired. Clearly I can't play anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to spend my brain energy now <laughs> looking at Twitter and looking at uh, stats and talking about the game instead. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> really give your mind a mind a break from the game by continuing <laughs> to think about it nonstop. Very healthy. I, I've even been neglecting my, my beautiful companions in Baldur's Gate 3 recently because of the new expansion. 
mm-hmm. and BlizzCon, which was super fun. Uh, and also a lot, but super fun to be able to meet people. And yeah, it's, I've had to kind of draw my head back into like work is also important. <laughs> Non-content creation work is also important. So can be from my understanding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Usually pays a bit more consistently than uh, content. <laughs> It's where the rent's sure. coming from, so. <laughs> yes. Um, that, that's a pretty important thing to have come in, so. True. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so one thing that uh, we'll talk with you a little bit more about in our main topic is kind of a, a re- like a flip of what we did last week when we had Ron Mexico on, who has been um, playing Hearthstone, you know, for pretty much I think since 2015 as well as you mentioned um you know but he's been doing content for a while he's got that like consistent high legend and you know we're gonna we're gonna kind of dive into a little bit more about like how your experience has been and talking about like how you look at things like you said like the looking at stats and looking at different things you know in that kind of oh now I'm a creator and I kind of have to think about and do things a little bit differently and, and how that's changed for you. Um, but before we do get into that, we have a little bit of news. So we'll let uh, Kat read the news real quick and then we'll dive into some more chat. Yeah, so sorry for Smart not being here and being you being stuck with me reading the news. So uh, first up. Patch 28.0.3 release today with changes to standard and battlegrounds. Uh, changes for standard include sh- uh, sharpshooter from Demon Hunter uh, used to be a 1.5, now it is a 1.3. Order in the court has been nerfed. It still orders the deck from highest to lowest, but no longer draws a card. Uh, always a bigger. Jonamarg, I don't know how you pronounce the the worm card. <laughs> Yormonger. Uh, Yormonger, there we go. Um so that used to cost uh one, now it costs two. So just so you know that like it will now cost you um two. So you can't just turn one and drop a uh you know two worms on the next turn. So mix it a little bit. A little bit slower. All right. Um, well, it it uh, it won't be drawn by trinket tracker. And um, yes, this that's is true. this is the the trample the trample from Magic the Gathering. The other worm one cost card that is now a two cost card. <laughs> yes, yeah, the one that uh, deals the excess damage to the enemy hero. Hmm. Okay. Uh, defense attorney Nathanos. Uh, uh, went from five attack to f- down to four, and will work more favorably with cards like Spurfang, Twisted Frostwing, and Bovine Skeleton. So it should be intuitive. All right, and then uh, Azerite Snake, legendary excavate reward for Warlock, going to six mana in steal. It, it was six mana in stealing ten health from the enemy hero, is now going down to four mana and stealing seven health from the enemy hero. So it'll make it a little bit more difficult to, um, uh, you know, just uh, 
be able to wrap up a game with it and that alone. So, and then Twitter posts uh, with info about upcoming patch 28.2 with Battlegrounds big news and a holiday event. This patch will be going live on Tuesday, December 5th. Monday, December 4th, there will be patch notes in an overview video. Battlegrounds announcement and reveals will begin Wednesday, November 28th. And the in-game holiday event will run for three weeks um, from December 12th to January 2nd. So that is our news for the week. Um, Quite a bit going on, so... Uh, always something to keep up with here. So it's, yes. uh, I'm excited for more battleground changes. I love when they change battlegrounds. So I, I will say I, I'm not going to speak much on it because since I'm in the creative program, I kind of already know <laughs> a lot of this yeah. stuff, you know, already. So I don't want to, uh, you know, break my NDA and like say something that I'm not supposed to, but yeah, um, please don't. Yes. Yes. No, I would like to stay in the creator program. So definitely not yes. going to do that. Um, you know, this way, every time that there's info, I can, you know, bring this up every time and then be like, ah, I know stuff that you all don't. And then, you all learn it like the next day anyways. Uh, <laughs> so by the time everyone's hearing this, you'll all know what it is. But I am very excited. I I enjoy Battlegrounds. Maybe not as much as standard, but I am very excited for, for this update. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I'm that that's all the very... info you get. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I mean, that's exciting news, regardless. It's good to hear that like it's exciting. So I don't know what else to say besides yes. that. I'm just, I'm excited that like we have something cool like that happening. So, yeah, I will say too, I am definitely glad that the uh, holiday event is going to be three weeks long because that uh, mm-hmm. like most of the events, they usually only run for like two weeks. So giving people that extra week during this time of year, when people might be traveling or have family and, and, you know, a lot of other things that they have to take care of during this time of year, definitely going to help, I think, to have an extra week mm-hmm. to get that stuff done. So, yay. Good. Yeah. Uh, for some people, the holidays can mean, you know, if you're in school, it might mean more time. But if you are the type of person who listens to a podcast, you probably have work and family commitments and mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, I got not that much Hearthstone playing done over the weekend and then when I did get some in my you know I'm having to explain what I'm doing to my boyfriend's family (laughs) (laughs) have you heard of Magic the Gathering no okay this is gonna be difficult (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes or even like explaining Twitch and stuff to people too you're like okay so I'm trying to explain to you about streaming and I'm trying to explain to you about the game that I play and you have no idea about either yeah yeah it's it's it's, it's <laughs> that's the hardest actually, part about this job is like actually explaining what you do to people <laughs> i was gonna say that sounds like a stiff uh peak to climb i had do seen not... there's oh god sorry there's a streamer who i follow in a in a completely other game who's um when she got married her husband was from the uk and so they're going through everything to get him his citizenship and 
so they have to look at your finances and they're both streamers mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> the, <laughs> the, so it's like what, so uh, what do you do for like, money again <laughs> finally going yeah. wait people are paying you this much money because she's like a very very successful streamer people are are paying you to watch you play a game that they could just be playing themselves mm-hmm. okay it, it turns out it's actually really fun to watch streamers so yeah shockingly enough it is like it's it's kind of a thing (laughs) (laughs) yes uh so and especially watching streamers on days we have like patches and stuff like today because then it's like everybody's playing different stuff you know wacky stuff or like okay let's try these things um i guess we can start talking just to like a quick chat about the meta after today Mm -hmm. I uh I did not really see any of these cards. Um I saw Order in the Court once. That was it. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. Uh and they lost. Um <laughs> but <laughs> the other paladin decks that I saw were very, very aggressive and did not have order in the court, and they totally just beat the crap out of me and made me very sad. Um, but I didn't see any of these other ones yet. Uh, did either of you, I know, I I have a, a, you know, a little bit of like background because, uh, we chatted about this before we started officially recording. Uh, but did either of you see any of these cards being played after the patch? Well, the one, the surprisingly, the only one that I saw, I, I had been playing a ton of Paladin before. I can definitely see how most of the ways we've been building Paladin are a lot less efficient if you're not drawing that card. I saw a list go by that was like, took out the Giants, took out the Graces, just an aggressive Paladin with Countess as your backup and one order of the court. Uh, and that's it. I haven't tried that out yet, but it seemed reasonable. Uh, but what I did see was an Azerite Snake. <laughs> it was a full-on, I mean, it looked pretty similar to the like lists we were seeing on day one of the expansion. I don't know if it was that exactly or not. Uh, I was playing Rainbow Mage, and Sif was literally in the bottom four cards of my deck. So that wasn't helpful. And I wasn't able to get through with Elemental Inspirations and all the four fives. Uh, and I will say, when they started playing the snakes, it did make it harder to get through in some way other than Sif. I was kind of really relying on Sif because it does gain them a lot of health. I had a lot of armor, but they did end up having to chip through all of my armor and do the last bit of damage, not with the snake. I think they bounced the snake three times. And yeah, I think they bounced it three times. Maybe it was four times. They didn't get it all the way, me all the way down just with... No, it was definitely three because I had nine health and a bunch of armor. Uh, It is, I think, hard to... It may not be impossible, but the all-in, I'm just going to bounce the snake, definitely seems to me like maybe not working as well. But if you have some time, you're doing maybe more of a control thing. They had Sargeras down. That was helpful for them. Then you might be able to use this as an additional thing because the excavate cards are pretty good control cards. Uh, mm-hmm. The um, deal one damage excavate, maybe you just don't include that. It's just really awkward. But if you're just like, this snake also heals me seven and does seven to help me close out the game, 
that might be fine. Uh, but it did seem like a tall order. Even with Sif in the bottom of my deck, they still didn't get the snake bounced. Um, five times. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's a big ask to, to do five times. Um, so, like, <laughs> that that significantly... Three is very easy to do. You, the first time is obviously you're just paying it, and then you just have to find two bounce cards, and you run what like four of them in the uh, the standard deck, the uh, the two two drops that do it. So yeah. I don't know. I, I've not seen much of that deck recently, so like I don't remember what it was playing. I just remember it towards the beginning of the uh, expansion. So yeah, and I think that's um you know relying on that snake and having to bounce it and use it five times is only based on the 30 health decks as well, right? Like you have to do it an additional time, I believe, if they're playing. No, it's it's five times because it, the fifth time be... is 35. Oh, is 35. I can't math. Yeah. 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 No, okay. okay. Well, I mean, you have that math. Uh, you have <laughs> my math my or... question mark math emote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Okay, well, there's a lot. How about this? There's a lot of classes that uh, have healing and armor. So that makes it harder to do. Okay. <laughs> Redeemed. <laughs> I got there. <laughs> doesn't it steal it from your total? Like, it doesn't do it as damage. It steals it. So it doesn't, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Like, it pierces perfect. armor, but what the five times means. So if it did, when it did 10, yeah, that made it really easy. Now yeah. you still have to do, yeah, it's, if you manage to get two damage into the warrior before they start gaining armor, then yes. you only have to do it four times, no matter how much armor they have. Mm -hmm. you know you never have to do it more than I'm, five no matter how i'm trying to make this sounds like it's just that much harder and you know <laughs> Y'all just keep like breaking that down. Like, no, Don, just no. You're saying dumb things. Sorry. Just <laughs> no, you're not saying dumb things. I'm just inaccurate sure... things. How's that? <laughs> yeah, we're I'm just trying to make sure you're you understand yes. too. So like No, I'm I really this is like a really interesting card that at first, especially yeah, that like the first day of the expansion, it was like this is super powerful and way stronger than like I thought it was going to be um, when looking at it just based on the, you know, the reveals. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it definitely did need changed. Um, I kind of see it definitely being used in kind of a way that um, Magesa was talking about too, though, right? Where it's probably still going to be used if people want to play it, but it's not going to be like the main win condition the main like get to the snake and bounce it a bunch and then the game's over like yeah yeah you know you'll it's have to... yeah it's gonna take a little bit more work you're gonna have to kind of use tempo stuff or kind of stall the game a little bit longer than you would have had to and then use this kind of in combination with whatever else is in your deck which i think is pretty reasonable and i think puts it more on <laughs> the same level of a few of those other um excavate legendaries as well like i think the uh the rogue one where you have to play it twice you know excavate eight times to get those cards for free 
Uh, that seems like, you, you know, a little bit more of requirements. Uh, the warrior one as well, li- like a little bit more requirement there. So this definitely kind of seems like it's bringing it down um, a little bit closer to that same level as the other ones where it still can be good. It still can put in some work, but it's not going to be the only thing your deck is trying to do. So I, I think that's a really good change. I agree 100%. Yeah, it it just takes it down for being such a, like an easy win con to being a, you know, something that is much more obtainable. Um and it just it just feels it like 7 feels just that much more fair and you, you're healing for a lot less too. So like the three less healing um on the backswing too is a big difference. So yeah, that healing and stealing damage. I mean, I have I love me some aggro decks, so I'm sitting here almost going, I wish these excavate cards were more aggressive, and then we just tempo them down, which might still be the the way to go. Uh, but yes, you do need probably another way to deal damage or really really stall for quite a while, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily work as well if there is any inevitability in the format. Although you are gaining more max health, so that can help you against combo decks. Yeah, if you're able to get out of range, although it's three less out of range than it was before, but yeah, which is kind and of then... interesting though, because I feel like there's maybe not going to be as much combo outside of Mage right now, um, because Demon Hunter got hit too with the the Sharpshooter, and yeah, people might still actually be trying Sharpshooter. I had I didn't see any today, but you know, people like. <laughs> I feel like this happens a lot, right? We'll have a patch and then people like stop playing the card altogether. They're like, oh, it was it was nerfed. Like, don't play it. And then they start playing it again, realizing like, oh, it actually is okay. It's just not like broken like it was. Yeah. I was going to say Sharpshooter didn't like its stat change. It's stat change, which made it more survivable. But it still does the same exact thing. I think Demon Hunter will go back to the well on it because it does something really, really good. It keeps drawing cards. It keeps putting damage out there. It um, it just it just does so much with that demon like that more aggressive Demon Hunter package that it feels like, yeah, this isn't like a super. It's like it's not a super difficult thing to kill now, but. It still does. It still does its work. Um, it's just less survivable, which is oh darn for that. Like, <laughs> I don't care that it's less survivable. That sounds good to me because it was bullshit at one five. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Like that, that's that. That's being completely honest. And <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I know that I know. You weren't here for our full set review, Kat, but I remember saying the like five health for this uh, is gonna be good. Like I remember having similar cards that were four health that even sometimes were like a pain, and I'm like five health. This is gonna <laughs> stick around on uh, the board. In the team, can the team please remind remember things like evil miscreant and like. Shadow Jeweler Hanar that turns out making things one fives that cost three is a bad idea, okay? And you always change it. So maybe don't give anything that stat block, let alone 
like the only thing that I'm okay having that stat block is the uh, the treasure guard, the the taunt death rattle draw. Card. Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's all it does. Not this like card that you build your deck around, giving it a one five, making it a one five. It's ridiculous. So oh. I just please, please Blizzard yes. Team Five, please but- remember that going forward. I know you could learn this lesson. <laughs> and the question is with these cards, do you want to be able to have that tension of, do I just tempo it on three? And with a th- one three, there's going to be pretty much no situation where you tempo it anymore, where it used to really be a kind of correct play often to just tempo it if they didn't yeah. have a clear way to clear it. I think something like Hawkstrider Rancher is, it's powerful, but it's not like, I just combo you and now you're dead if it sticks. Yeah. So that makes sense, especially because you want to have an early curve making it so you can tempo it and then it sticks. Yeah. Because it makes sense because the Hawkstrider rancher, like um, you have to have follow up with the Hawkstrider rancher. You have to have minions to play after it. Otherwise it doesn't do anything like the, the, the sharpshooter, draws the cards that you need to play to keep rolling the combo. Like it keeps drawing spells and nagas and it's like, well, you know, you know, you have fuel to keep going like, and you have zero cost spells. Like it's just, it's just one of those things that like you can manipulate it and the card does just so much work. And there's all this stuff that just goes along with it. And you're like, I don't know what I'm do. I don't know what I have to do against this, but like at a, at a one five, it's really hard to just like casually deal with it because a lot of times your board gets cleared when it comes down to because it's just picking away at your board as it you know as things come down and they just it's very much the same you know like the other naga that the mage has the uh. I forgot what it is. Spite Lash Siren. Yeah, the Spite Lash Siren. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of like that, only more aggressive. (laughs) And Demon Hunter is good at being aggressive. And then when you throw in zero cast spells, it just really adds up. So, yeah. Yes. Also, thanks for that reminder about Evil Miscreant. I really am so glad to be thinking about that card and that deck again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for anyone who couldn't tell that was very 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 sarcastic i hated that card <laughs> Good times. i hated playing against that it always made me so mad and then they did that exact thing that mcgaisa said right they tempo that and i'm like i can't kill that and this is gonna be very very bad for me the next few turns and i'll probably lose the game now and it was not fun <laughs> 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 yeah, but it did. It, See, that was before that. That was in in my break, so I have no bad memories here. Uh, I had to look this card up. There, and then there now you go. I'm like, yeah, it, it was. That's why people hated lackeys. This card right here, right? Yes, oh, that, yeah, that, that was, was part yeah, of it. That... Yeah, but it did yep. the same thing too, right? Where like you'd play a secret, and then it would give you like you'd get to discover another secret. So it kind of built on itself. And it's the same thing that you were just talking about, Kat, right? Where, like, it's literally yeah. giving you the resource of the thing you need to keep the chain going. And yeah. that was kind of we'll why... Our... Yeah. So it was like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the one I meant. Not evil... Well, evil miscreant, too. But 
Shadow Jeweler and Hot. Both of them. You know what? Both. Both. They were both obnoxious. <laughs> uh, look at this. I mean, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, they were. I've been playing so long. I don't even. I don't even know all these cards anymore. Look at that. Just you know, we've just had so many cards. Just five health and giving the thing the, its own resource. No, just no anymore. That's that's what we gotta stop. All right, like <laughs> if it's gonna have five health, don't let the thing give you the resource that it needs to keep doing the thing. That's that's what I say. <laughs> I'm, I'm not opposed to this yeah yes. like a one card engine i not yeah. sure how i feel about it like here's one card go ahead and draw your deck please <laughs> yeah and, and i mean it does create for some pretty like powerful swing turns and 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 I think that's what we will see with Sharpshooter too, right? Like exactly what Megesa was saying, where people are now not really gonna tempo it. Same thing, right? They can't really just like, oh, I'm just gonna play this on curve and like hope it's still around next turn. Like that's no, that's not how people are gonna play it now. They'll have to wait until it's more mid game or or slightly, you know, later turns to be able to play it. And get at least a couple of those kind of triggers off of it, be able to use it a little bit, and get the value that they're looking for for having it on the board. Um, and and I feel like that's again kind of like what we were just saying about the snake, right? It's kind of that that same philosophy. Um, a little bit of changes uh, from the always a bigger Yormonger as well, right? Um, Miguel said brought up that you won't be able to get that off of the you know playing uh the trinket tracker, trinket tracker yeah. yes man is, i'm just is, not doing well with card names today. <laughs> no at, like that's such a good point because that was like the, that was yeah. like half the reason why trinket tracker is in that deck is the like that's why that card's so good because you had that card and then you know the arcane shot and the bananas yeah a bunch of bananas like so you had yeah. like yeah Three different <laughs> things that do incredible things, all being able to be drawn off um, of this one card. So taking one thing off of it is not not the worst idea in the world. It does also mean that you won't be able to do uh, Crush and a bigger Armonger in the same turn. Now, <laughs> there's still things like people playing the Hollow Hound and then using it, right? And it hitting like three mm -hmm. different targets and then excess damage going face. Um, even things like King Mukla, you know, or any of the other Rush beasts. Um, that's, you know, a big thing. But you're going to have to create a way where you actually pull out those beasts or play the cheaper ones. So it, even just removing like one potential interaction with the King Crush and, and playing that in the same turn, as well as not being able to kind of tutor that from your deck, uh, both of those I think factor in as well. Um, and it's kind of interesting because I think some of the, some of the Hunter decks were also playing uh, Defense Attorney Nathanos. I haven't really seen that one a lot. Um, yeah, I haven't either. I was like, I, why is this card getting cut now? I, I'm going to call out Sadisi on that one. I think we have Sadisi to blame. <laughs> From I mean, what I've I seen, the way that Nathanos worked before, I think in a way it might just be they were getting so many bug reports for the way the card worked that was actually intended that they finally just decided to change the card to the way people thought it should work. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of the impression that I've gotten to. Yeah, that it's just like, 
why isn't well, this thing that, working that with it? And what? Yeah. 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 Yeah, Which, with the making it more intuitive. Because if you yeah. triggered... Now Nathanos gets the death rattle first, then triggers it on himself. So something like the bovine skeleton, if it's a 3-3, three, three, you trigger it on the 3-3 three, three and not on Nathanos, it doesn't do anything. Yeah. But if it triggers on Nathanos, he has four attack, you get a bovine skeleton, which is nice. So uh, I can see a lot of, in it, you know, there being kind of an anti-synergy there, mm-hmm. which now there isn't. Kind of almost reminds me of when they took uh, some of the anti-synergy out of Big Spell Mage back when there was a lot of Big Spell Mage, like things like oh, yeah. Wildfire and mm-hmm. Dawn Grasp didn't work well yeah. together. There was a number of things that just like didn't work well together and they fixed it. And yeah. Big Spell Mage was meta for the rest of the time it was in standard, basically. It yeah. sure was. <laughs> yeah. And I definitely think the um, bovine skeleton especially is uh, is a big one for this, too. Because, right, if this was already, well, and Spurfing, I guess, but, like, the cards now. If this were having interactions that were really unintuitive in the last set or two, I think this would have gotten changed already. But we had to wait until, like, this expansion to have these cards that then people are like, oh, this doesn't really work what is happening here for them to kind of be like oh okay like we'll we'll actually make this change here but we also don't know what else is coming too like there could be something in the mini set or the first expansion next year that also works with that that they just went yeah let's go ahead change this now so that we don't have to you know fiddle with it even more like later or if they do have to change it later for something else that comes out maybe at that point it's hey, we're now going to change his mana cost at that point, or they're going to do something else with him instead of having to do that change and this change all in one, because sometimes that can be too drastic of changes for for what they typically like to do. So, yeah, going to be real interesting to see. But, okay, how do we feel about about, uh, the meta in our chat? Any other thoughts? I didn't really get to play it today, so you got me. I, I I mean, honestly, I have not played a whole lot since my surgery. I've been trying to get games in and my quest done, but like, it just hasn't been my top priority <laughs> at this point in time, and I kind of miss it. But it's it's a little bit difficult for me sitting in a chair for a longer period of time, and like, in. You know, I can I can play it on the iPad lying down, but like I get exhausted easily right now. I'm recovering from major surgery, so it's it's you know not exactly the easiest time for me to like exist other than like in a very sleepy state. <laughs> so for me, Hearthstone is a very good barometer of how well I'm doing it mentally. Um, which often connects to if I'm not doing well physically, I'm not going to be doing super well mentally in terms of if I'm tired or I'm recovering from being sick or hungry like that. <laughs> hungry. Yeah. And certainly surgery, right? Uh, also be like, why am I losing? Mm-hmm. And uh, often it's like, this is not, it's just not a good time to play. So yeah, uh, it, when I was yeah, recovering that's... from COVID, it, it helped me realize how long it actually took to get my brain back. 
Yeah, I, I've yet to get my brain back, so I'll let you know when it shows up at some point in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully soon. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm hoping. It's just, yeah. I'm, fi- I'm, I'm fine overall, but like, it's just one of those things where it's just like, uh, there's just so much going on right now. It's kind of hard for me to like focus. So like, I'm just like, well, I'm doing the best I can right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, unfortunately, I I will try and play over the next couple of days, and uh, yeah. hopefully, be able to get some more insight. But yeah, as of right now, it's it's not the highest thing on my list right now. So, reasonable. Uh, yeah. Well, I I definitely want to get in some time here, so let's uh, let's switch gears a little yeah. bit and mm-hmm. talk with Magesa about kind of. You know, unfortunately, we couldn't also have smarms here, uh, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very curious to hear kind of your your thoughts. You already mentioned a little bit earlier about you had started kind of early, then you took a long break, and then you came back. And you, I, I feel like you kind of did things in a little bit of a reverse order from most people in terms of like you were playing and then you joined a podcast to start doing content and now you've started streaming where I think like for most people, it's almost the other way. Like they start doing streams or making YouTube videos or something. And then they end up like, you know, that's how they get their name out there and then they get on a podcast. So I'm kind of curious, like how has it been for you being part of the community and then jumping into uh, content creation, especially on a podcast like coin concede that I would say is, probably one of the larger, if not now the largest uh, Hearthstone podcast. Yeah, well, it definitely was not necessarily something that I expected, although I had certainly been really active in the community and uh, in their listener series and also, but just posting a lot, trying to help people out in the chat. Um trying to keep on top of news and things like that. Uh, When I first got on the show, I did a lot of like, uh, we have a few people in the discord who, well, one, I got on Twitter myself because I actually wasn't really on Twitter. (laughs) I like, wasn't even on Twitter. I I had an account that I had to go through and like pull out the random things I'd followed in like 2011, (laughs) prune it nicely. So it could just be Hearthstone. And Realize, you know, I can't just rely on people on Discord to have looked at Twitter for me. Uh, but <laughs> doing a lot of sitting there and really trying to almost take notes on, see what people were saying about news and about the the meta, because I, I felt a little imposter syndrome when I first started of, you know, I know that I have experience teaching and I know that I, at that point, had some good competitive experience with the game. Um although it was more recent than a lot of people's, you know, when we have like wild and twist changes, wicked good. And, and Edelweiss are talking about like, oh yeah, this deck was totally meta. And I'm like, even if I played then, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's not what I was playing. But I think that brings another, another perspective to the show and then I can bridge different types of players because I've been in several different places relatively recently. Mm-hmm. And I actually found I found the podcast easier than streaming in terms of what I personally had more experience with. 
there was some learning curve on the podcast, even just trying to say um less and <laughs> make sure that I'm speaking into my microphone, uh, which I don't always do if I'm looking at the other screen working on that. And the the streaming actually felt it's often longer. And even even then our, our famously long coin conceit episodes. <laughs> and also is more visual. Again, we, we do stream the podcast episodes, but they're primarily an auditory medium, whereas the stream is primarily a, a visual medium. Uh, and I'm trying to multitask by playing as well as keeping track of the stream, which is not automatic for me yet. <laughs> and so uh, I, I found that in a way just as stressful. It was helpful to start with a co-op stream with Wicked Good actually, mm -hmm. because then I could just get used to talking through plays, uh, but without having to be the one. <laughs> I can blame it all on him because he's the one controlling it, right? If it doesn't go well. <laughs> it's always Wicked Good's fault. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to worry about controlling the stream and stuff like that. So actually having that, you know, doing it stepwise was really helpful, but there was an aspect of um, because Coin Conceit is a more you know, is a is a pretty established show. There was a lot of eyes while I was getting over the learning curve, and that was somewhat stressful, uh, both with the streaming and with the podcast. But um, also, my co-hosts have are are wonderful people and really helped ease me in. And I think I really started feeling ownership of the show also when I started doing a lot of, um, you know, as much behind the scenes stuff as I could, trying to bring up to parity in terms of how how much we're we're doing um, helped make it feel like it's also my show and not, uh, I think at, at BlizzCon, I, I introduced myself to someone as the third co-host of Queen Concede and Wicked Good was like, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> You're a co-host of Queen Concede. <laughs> so that, yes. that was something that was, that was good to hear. And of course he was right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wicked Good is smart, so you should listen to him. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I, you know, on on that like kind of train of thought, I think a while ago, we kind of had that same thinking, and we changed from saying co-host to just saying host. Like we are all no, just I, like hosts. I that's I that was something I did from the get go because I was like when when I started the podcast is like I'm not bringing in co-hosts. We are all hosts of the show. So that was like something that mentality I brought into the show from the get go was just like, I've always used my fellow host in the introduction. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's just something that like always resonated with me. Cause I'm like, no, we are all on equal footing here. Um, we are all at the same point here. So that was, that was something that was always very important to me to, to have was, we are all hosts. So, you know, and I always tried to make sure that came across. So. Go on without me. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, like, Dragon Rider is being attacked by her, her adorable German shepherd bucket. puppy here. <laughs> Not very <laughs> little. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. He like jumped up on me and scared me. And I just made this like terrified face. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> I'm pinned to the chair, being like pushed backwards by the dog. 
<sighs> that is that is a big puppy. Let's just put it that way. That's just... <laughs> yes, he is. He is. He is very large. <laughs> um. Okay. Well. So I guess the next the next kind of question that I have is, so you mentioned that uh, you kind of joined er, uh, joined the show right earlier this year in 2023, uh, you know, and you've been working on that, and like now you're getting into, as you said, kind of those other aspects of content creation, you know, getting into like streaming, doing some clip work, things like that. Um, I'm kind of curious, has doing content and having that like in your brain of like, oh, okay, I have the show coming up this week and we got to talk about things or um, I have to pay attention to the news. Do you find that you have kind of changed your approach to how you play the game or how you look at the game uh, because of the content you're doing? That's a great question. I would definitely say yes. It has changed how I'm looking at the game, and even even things as small as yeah, making the making the clips has been really fun. I always liked video editing, although I have to get a lot faster for it to be sustainable. Uh, I heard from someone who was a who was a model builder saying there's lots of people who can do good work and not that many who can do it fast enough, <laughs> and that's how I feel about the video editing. Okay, but I I did enjoy that. But in terms of my my play. I actually got this past expansion, despite me probably spending more time on Hearthstone than ever before, I got the lowest number of levels in a reward track that I had in like two years. Not because I didn't like the expansion. I, I did enjoy most of the time in the in the meta last expansion. I just was spending so much of my Hearthstone brain on content creation. And because I wasn't streaming... You know, I think if if you're streaming as your main form of content creation, you play a lot more, right? Especially people who like stream full time and <laughs> are just you're streaming, streaming for like seven, eight hours a day. So you're playing Hearthstone. If Hearthstone's your game, then you're just putting a lot of hours and getting a lot of games in. Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for that. That's something that I think is not would not be my forte. That kind mm-hmm. of duration. So I find. I played a little bit less, but I think engaged with it more. Also, my rank wasn't nearly as high, but mm-hmm. that was because I was trying out way more decks, trying to get a much broader sense of the meta. And even sometimes things that are more experimental uh, or even slightly meme or just... I'm trying to refine this deck myself, trying to do a little bit more of my own deck building or at least deck refinement than Mm -hmm. I had been doing since I got really serious about the game. All of that, I think, even though it has made my overall rank number sort of on average a bit lower than it was before and my exact amount of time, those are also related to, because you have to, you have to put in a lot of time to climb. Uh, I think it's still making me a better player because I'm. it's giving me, first of all, it makes me a little bit less frustrated, not entirely non-frustrated, <laughs> but a little bit less frustrated when I'm on a losing streak because it's not the only way I'm engaging with the game is whether I'm winning or not. And it's helping me be a little bit less of a like one deck specialist. When I've hit my absolute rank highs, I've been because I 
really specialized on a given deck. First it was Naga Priest, and then it was Undead Priest, uh, the one with Void Touched Attendant in it. We're very... I, I miss her, her very much, even though I'm sure my opponents don't. <laughs> but I think it's good for me. And, you know, maybe one day uh, I'll be able to reach that kind of rank with a broader array of decks without necessarily having jammed 800 games of this deck, which is the order I was on with Naga Priest. And... So it, it does change my approach to the game and it changes my mental game around the game and also can make the work-life balance a little bit tricky, certainly when I first started on the show. When I first started on the show, it was also the Titans expansion release. And I was also taking a grad school class and I also had two new students. And it was really stressful for the, the old work-life balance there for a little bit. But uh, for, for the work-game-life chaos uh, that was that time frame, it sounds like. There's a, an, an Onion article that's something like, you know, Area Man struggles to balance work-life anxiety and home-life anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I can definitely relate to, to that. It's a struggle. It is a struggle. <laughs> So there, there, there was some of that, and I think that also contributed to then when I came out of that, I was able to put a little less time in the game. But when I, I feel like I've just as engaged with it and learning just as much about it uh, as I, as I was before, and trying to learn Nature Shaman for that infamous episode we had, those where uh, I definitely impressed Smarms by the sheer length of the show notes, which was the longest show notes I have ever done by like at least a factor of two. So <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That, that deck scared me. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I really needed to pull out all the stops to understand what was going on. And now I'm sitting here going, I saw a, a um, Clark hell scream has been posting a, a nature shaman and playing a, a nature shaman. And I'm like, are we going back into the breach? Is this what's happening? <laughs> Maybe tomorrow. That's exactly how I felt, too, uh, preparing to cast uh, one of those Masters tours. Because that was when uh, Nature Shaman was popular, you know, Sif Mage. like, And, yeah, I was like, all right, all the notes. Here we go. Because, like, I'm going to do little math charts. And I'm taking notes on, on how this works. Because... Just playing it alone was not enough for my brain. I was like, I don't, <laughs> this deck is hard. I was like, cause you gotta be doing math on how much damage you're doing, but you also have to do the math on the mana that you were going to have to play the cards. And it's like, it's only two mana thing, or it's only two math things, but one math thing is hard. So two math thing real hard. I couldn't do it. Uh, it's not well, easy yeah. it's You're not, not easy i have seen that too though i'm like ah do we really do we really need to be going back to nature shaman maybe no uh, we could just play dragons and elementals in shaman right that's totally it's totally fine now <laughs> <laughs> dragons easy math i haven't I seen a single see. elemental shaman since theory <gasps> i played some today i just love elementals and it was fun but also a lot of decks are 
again, like gaining a lot of health, a lot of armor and stuff. And I was like, oh, this scar is going to deal 12. And it's basically the first damage I've been able to do to them. That's sad. <laughs> like, it's, it was bad. It was bad. I feel for you on that as an aggro, <laughs> just kill them player. You know, I, I, I had a note in my notes app that was the ridiculous hat school of proactive Hearthstone <laughs> that I would update after every coaching that I had with him. And uh, the first <laughs> line was just damage, damage, damage. Always be counting your damage. Yes. Uh, yes. Scar. It's one of those theories where it's like, well, I don't really have to worry about my what my opponent's going to do next turn if they're dead. So. True. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, well, I know that we are kind of running uh, to our usual time here, but I did have one more question for you. And um, I think that this is really interesting as someone who kind of was already really involved in the community. You were playing a lot, right? You know, you said clearly you've gotten to those ranks like in the 200 legends. Um, now, do you think that you have changed how you approach like new expansions and evaluating cards uh, from before being on the podcast versus now, like after you've been on the podcast and I know you kind of jumped in during the Titans and, and now we've had one additional, <laughs> you know, expansion uh, do that. Like, did that change at all uh, for you after doing the podcast? That's a great question too. I was terrified to do card evaluations. I, you know, they have the, you, know, you have helped make the, um, the community rating sheet, every expansion, which we appreciate. And I like was, I like didn't even put in my own ratings before I was on the show because I was like, I, I don't, I don't know whether these cards are going to be good. I would just watch everyone always there was some card everyone thought was going to be totally busted that wasn't and then vice versa and then my very first guest appearance was the card review for the festival of legends mini set <laughs> so i just had to jump right in with both feet and then way that was good for me because you just have to accept i think what has really changed for me this time around is that i'm more comfortable being wrong i the first time was hedging myself a little too much i think because i was afraid of making a definitive statement that then would be wrong but you just have to give your opinion and everyone understands from every content creator that they're giving their opinion on a card and that this always happens that there are cards you call and cards you don't so for titans mm -hmm. i think wicked good and i Called Mech Rogue being better than a lot of people were thinking, but I definitely overestimated Demon Hunter. <laughs> I thought Demon Hunter was going to be a lot better than it was from that set. <laughs> Me too, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah. so we, we're tied in that. See, the, yes. the thing that I also got to realize was you're not alone in this. In the, in the card generation. I think I also, in a way, actually, this time looked less at what other people were saying about the cards. I did look at it some, but I, I felt like I could trust myself a little bit more to evaluate the card in context based on what I saw. 
and I would look for if people had thought of a cool interaction I hadn't thought of, like showdown and prismatic beam I didn't think of at first. And then I saw that. I was like, oh, that brings up my estimation of both of these cards considerably. Yes. Same. <laughs> <laughs> that's Yeah, that's a, that's the kind of the hard thing yeah. too, is just like remembering, especially when you hit the last expansion of the year and you have five other sets of cards that you plus the core set you have to keep in mind what's in there and how it's going to play with that and like you might forget something you might miss something and like just either completely overrate something or completely just like this card sucks it's never going to see play it's just trash and then it's like this card is broken please do something <laughs> you know so like i get it yeah, I don't, you know, personally, I don't really look at what other people are saying generally most of the time. I just kind of avoid that because I like to make my own thing and I'm often wrong. But like I, I give my opinions of the cards based on how I how I feel about them. And I think that's like I think that's definitely the way to go, like you're saying, because like people are listening for your opinion. They don't like, if they wanted to hear what Twitter was saying, they would just go to Twitter. So like your, your, your take and your impression on the cards are more important um, than, you know, how, you know, how other people feel about it because they're here listening to you podcasting. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. You know, it is about, giving your own opinion and I'm, I'm glad that it's that I am on a show with co-hosts uh, or other hosts <laughs> because then if there's I can focus more on like the packages that I'm really interested in and know that you know Edelweiss and Wicked Good will always have very insightful things to say or sometimes we each bring something you know I'll start out having picked as the card I don't understand some card and then one of my co-hosts is like, oh, no, no, this is how it works, <laughs> which I, I I appreciate that back and forth. I don't I think also what changed was I was a little bit um, anxious of having a moment like that. And then, of mm -hmm. course, very early on, I did have a moment like that. And I was like, this is actually great. This is fine um, to have a back and forth. And sometimes I'm going to see something that other people don't see. And so that's exactly just part yeah. of how a show like that works well, and and well, i think like the the different like play styles um i've noticed on on our show here like cat is definitely the like control player of our show um smarms and i both like aggressive decks but also smarms loves the chaos so she's like random anything that's like random give me random things or do <laughs> random stuff like she loves that and you know I think Kat and I are more so like the like, no, like, let us know what we're gonna like, let us know what to expect. Like, that's the style that we want. So there's a lot of like, crisscrossing of, of our styles and what we like. And so, you know, we always do try to bring that kind of perspective into like set reviews and stuff too, right? Like, okay, um, mm -hmm. you know, looking at these and being like, okay, well, like for the chaos and the fun, this card might be great, but like maybe <laughs> for competitive play, this might not be good, you know, or, or vice versa. So we can kind of look at cards differently that way too. Um, I don't know if either of you kind of had this experience. I think for me, like looking at cards and evaluating cards, um, I definitely resonated with a lot of what you said. Um, I think also I was very like, I would just look at cards in a vacuum, 
right? Like you just look at that card and you're like, this card with this stats, with what it says in the box is like so broken, you know, or whatever. You're like, oh, it's so bad. But then, yeah, you have to kind of open that up a bit more and try to think about how is this actually going to work with other cards in a, in a deck? Because you're not just playing that single card, right? Like you're playing it with other stuff. You're playing it against other other decks. Um, and for me, like, I think I started changing how I was valuating cards when I started thinking about that way too. Like, oh yeah, okay, I got to kind of take more cards into consideration and think about this. And, and even like mana costs, right? Like, all of a sudden, over like three expansions, I'm like, we have like 18 million seven cost paladin cards. I don't know like why we have so many seven cost paladin cards, but like, <laughs> you know, it just felt like that. So I'm like, yeah, this card seems good, but also do we really want to be playing this in paladin at seven when we have like this and this and this and this that we're also playing at seven mana? Maybe not. So like that helped mm-hmm. me kind of evaluate things differently too. I, I don't know if either of you have kind of had that same experience as well, but. I mean, I try and keep things in mind and like I go with, I mean, I don't have cards that aren't really in the meta really at the top of my head personally. So like, I try and keep track, like, I mean, I try and, like, piece things together with what makes sense to me, which is a little bit more difficult because I am, um, I'm not a deck builder. I'm just not, I'm a pilot. And, like, I might, like, modify a few cards of a a net deck, but, like, I don't build the cards. So sometimes, like, my judgment, and I say this in the reviews a lot. I'm just like, I'm taking a guess at this, but like it could go either one way or the other. And I'm just straightforward. I'm like, I don't know about this card. And like, so it's, it's a lot of the time it's like, I try and keep things in mind, but there's no freaking way I'm, I, it's possible for me to do all that. And, um, I do not have the energy to look through every single set and every single card and be like, okay, does this work here? What, are, what are the, what can I do with this? That's just, it's, that's not my thing. My brain does not work with that way because I just like, when I go to build a deck, it's just like add all the cards that I want. And then I'm like, Oh, I need good cards in here too. And I just, all of a sudden I'm at 30 cards and like the deck sucks and doesn't do anything. So I try not to build decks. (laughs) I think it really helped when they started releasing cards for classes in packages and all on the same day in terms of building that habit of looking at cards in combination with each other. Yeah. Because before you would just constantly, I mean, I wasn't reviewing cards personally before, but all the card reviews would constantly be like, well, it depends on what else they get because that's the only thing you could (laughs) say, right? Until the end and you'd have, and Reviewing all the cards at the very end is, like, way too much work. So you have to start it. Yeah. So, and I know people did that. Like, people did both sides, right? And neither was ideal. So I'm really glad they started doing it in the order that, they've do, that they're doing it. And I try to do a little bit of theory crafting every so often to keep that fresh. I think being in the community discord and watching, like, in the deck lab forum, people working on decks was really informative to how that process works. Because definitely what I was doing back in 2015 is not how that process is supposed to work. 
But yes. you don't just like put cards you know, in a deck and they all of a sudden work and then you like climb a bunch of ranks. That's not how it works. What? That's not Dang how it, it works. Well, it worked for me like once maybe at gold. Um, I, I There was one time when I literally stayed up all night on a work trip trying to get this combo to work. It was very ill-advised. Uh, I I don't recommend it. I got it to work once. And then I was like, oh, wait, I haven't slept and I need to like be presentable tomorrow, which is not <laughs> today. So <laughs> that that was and I'm still more of a pilot for sure, more of a pilot than a deck builder. But it is interesting to look at how people do that. But I definitely, you know, evaluate cards as a pilot or as it's a lot easier also when it's like a mini set and you're looking at like, how does this affect decks that I have experience playing? Mm-hmm. But that's also part of why I appreciate having people like Edelweiss in the podcast because she always has a deck builder perspective to bring to it. You know, each of us, just like on the show, everyone brings their own perspective to card reviews and, and everything else. So awesome. Absolutely. I will say some of my favorite cards during review time are the cards we go, this is either like a one or a two, or it's going to get nerfed on like the second day of the expansion. Like <laughs> when we say that about a card, yeah, that- I'm like, this, this is a fun card because then it's really like, for me, I feel like those are some of the best designed cards in terms of like, maybe they mm-hmm. are just fitting into a meme deck. Maybe they are fitting into a tier one competitive deck, but everyone's going to kind of have their different like views on how it is going to work or not. The cards that are like, everybody says this is going to be busted or like, you know, pretty much everybody is like in agreement, like, eh, it's probably not going to be good. And then it's not good. Those cards, I'm like, ah. That's a little like sad. It's not as fun like yeah. looking at those kind of cards, but <laughs> I don't know. Very true. Yeah, that's most neutral. So you're like, okay, I guess it was, this one was meant for arena. Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, then looking at like arena reviews, that's a whole nother thing. But, like I just focus on st- <laughs> standard. I don't. I don't have the mental capacity to handle the buckets and like all those things that come along with arena. Like if the, I don't know if the white forge is still doing their podcast, but if they are, I would, I don't, I don't think they are anymore. No, but yeah, they were, they were incredible at that. They were like, as an arena, as an arena podcast, they did so much work and they like really like loved arena so much and they put so much like love and effort into it but that was a good that was a good podcast for arena so i don't know if there's any out there i'm not really an arena player i barely ever touch the thing i just have tickets building up <laughs> i don't know how many tickets i have they're just like nine x x x x x x you know like i don't know how many tickets i have it's just i don't use them <laughs> so it's okay. Uh, okay. So about time to wrap up then? I think so. Okay. All right. So no poll question this week. Uh, we should go back to a poll question next week. We're going to try and make sure um, that we'll have a poll question going for you next week. So to wrap things up, you can find the show on Twitter at Dr3HS. You can email the show at dr3hs at gmail.com. 
If you follow our top pin tweet on our Discord, you can join the Doctor Three Discord or top pin tweet on Twitter. You'll join the Doctor Three Discord. You can find myself on Twitter at alkaline underscore cat k a t and twitch.tv forward slash alkaline cat. And I'm also alkaline cat on Blue Sky too. I haven't posted much there, but I am technically there. So. Dragon Rider. Yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Donnie DK. That's D-A-W-N-I-E-D-K. You can find me on Twitch and YouTube, Dragon Rider TCCG. And uh, also on the TCCG Roundtable podcast, talking a whole bunch of different card games, card game concepts, and all that good stuff. Uh, news, tournaments, everything for a whole bunch of different card games with Ron Mexico. Uh, so hopefully you can check that out. And then you can find Smarms at uh, Send Me Your Arms on Twitter and Twitch. And you can also listen to her on Blizzlet. And then, Magesa, where can people find you? So besides uh, CoinConcede, um, which is at CoinConcede.com, twitch.tv slash CoinConceivePodcast, at CoinConcede, um, you can find me at on Twitter at Magesa8, so M-A-G-E-S-A underscore 8. Or on Twitch, I had to have a different one just to make it confusing, twitch.tv slash HS. And you can also always find me on the CoinConceit Discord. And that's probably the place where I am the most. <laughs> I'm a big Discord Reasonable. fan. So. Yeah, excellent. Well, thank you for coming and stopping by this week and hanging out with us. We really appreciate you taking the time this evening and coming on. Thank and you so much. Yeah, anytime. You're you're welcome back anytime. So, and as always, you've been listening to Doctor Three. Okay, we had some nerfs, but somehow I think my German Shepherd got buffed because he was huge when he jumped in the chair. What the heck? Boom.